Good morning and welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This hour is coming live from the studios of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. And as we invite you to join us as we enter into this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus on this, the first Friday of the month, we invite you to join us as we enter into the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month, Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, you know, a lot of times we have first-time listeners, and I want to make sure they understood what is this Sacred Heart Hour? What is this all about? And it's really to help deepen your devotion and enthronement to the Sacred Heart because of a request directly by our Lord Jesus himself to St. Margaret Mary 350 years ago. He appeared to her 40 times, and one of the things he did say is that he came out with what is called promises, and one of them is he would bless each household where an image of the Sacred Heart is exposed and honored. So our mission is to continue to promote this, be a vessel of this in the diocese, and this is why we do this program, is to help you understand it's expose and then it's honor. And the honoring is always on the first Friday, so forth. And as we enter into this morning, before we talk about the Congress, I want to talk a little bit about St. Gabriel. What a gift St. Gabriel has been uh, for all these many years. Oh, my heavens. And one of the things that we know around town are what is called bumper magnets. And they're AM820. And there are many cars, and they're going to be at the Congress this year, and they're going to have plenty of bumper magnets to hand out. But I thought, Joanne, maybe share the power that we experience one story of a bumper magnet. Well, you know, this is our 84th program today. This is our 12th anniversary. No, 7th. Oh, 12th for the apostolate. Oh, see, how, you know how Time much, goes so fast. You it know just how like much I years. need that guy. <laughs> 52 years, he's been setting me straight. <laughs> and, uh, but we have heard so many stories over the years, stories of transformation of individuals and families and stories of bumper magnets and, you know, with the AMA 20. But one, you know, we we love those stories. And actually in our newsletter, when you subscribe to our newsletter, there are stories in there of transformation and graces, even miracles. So I really encourage you to do that. But one story that really sticks in our mind is um, very, really special occurred to a woman, and many of you might be able to even relate to this, just in a really dark place, having been divorced, having been overwhelmed, 
children, bills, all of it. And she was on her way to work. And she was going to McDonald's to just get a coffee, just get us something. Well, she's in, she's like in a line and she can't get out. She's stuck because of the cars and the way it was situated. Now she's late and she's really angry. And she was upset before, but now she's just like devastated. What, what, you know, how can I get out of here? Well, she looks up and the car in front of her has an AMA 20 bumper sticker on. And it was, she was like, what, you know, what is that? She has time. She turns it on. She hears a priest, a priest in our diocese, with a loving voice inviting her to even call his cell number, which she does later. Long story short, she does make that effort to meet with Father, and she ends up coming back to the sacraments, have an interior healing, and this is now how many years later, Chuck? Probably 10 plus. Daily communicant, active in her parish, and peace. We also witnessed her home enthronement, and she really attributes that to a new beginning. Not that her problems, you know, instantly dissolved, but that she had new graces to deal with them. And Father, Tell us about that as far as, you know, it's just not like a, it's not like a wand (laughs) hanging the picture because it's in the light. Well, that that process of transformation, you mean? Right. Yeah. Well, I think graces. And I think opening oneself up to that present moment where they are, uh, like in the account you just shared with us, you know, she literally became stuck. Right. Not just in the spiritual life, but in the physical life. You know, you're stuck in line, you're waiting, it's not going anywhere. And um, probably for a lot of people on 315 South, around <laughs> Henderson right now, Road, you know, <laughs> heed my words, get off at Bethel, you know, um, but you just end up getting stuck. Yeah. And yet the Lord's grace will meet you where you are, you know, and, and I think a lot of times we feel that we are not just stuck, but also lost. And, and it's important for each one of us to not only um, understand and also appreciate, but also to be, to hear it over and over again. We might be stuck where we are, but God's grace will meet us there. Oh, that's good. So we just have Father, to open that, you, you know. tell this story so much better. <laughs> that is great. This is totally unrehearsed. I know. That even <laughs> so, makes it the best. But, you know, and, and sometimes that's just what, that's what we have to ask. Lord, give me that grace so yeah. I can open myself now where I mm-hmm. am to the graces that you are giving now. And for her, it might have been, mm-hmm. how often do we end up stuck in life? Uh, whether it's in the drive-through or in the checkout lane or just sitting overwhelmed by all of the chores we got to get done yeah. at home, and we just have to ask for the grace to acknowledge what's right in front of us. Now, for her, it was that that bumper sticker, that bumper magnet, that AM820. She just followed that invitation, that inclination. She turned on the radio and went, and then right then and there, in God's providence, you know, that grace kind of cracked the darkness. And, of course, it it allowed her to have the strength, the fortitude to pursue making that phone call. And then, like you shared, everything changed. Um, but, you know, so many people today uh, are wrestling just to maintain the virtue of hope. Um, easily overwhelmed, easily tempted to think that, you know, I just got to give up and just go through it, somehow survive it. 
And yet that's not the message of the Lord at all. It's not an invitation to just survive. He actually wants us to be truly alive and thrive um, in the present moment. And of course, as you highlighted, you know, and it's very, it's sometimes painful to hear, but nevertheless, it is the truth. Um, accepting the, that grace in that present moment, it doesn't take away the fact that we're stuck in yeah, line. like the enthronement. But it does give us the grace to realize how we can transform that moment of being stuck yeah. into a moment of yeah. glorifying the Lord. And it's a very important. And Father, as we talk about that, we're going to talk about further because we're going to talk about our theme at our Congress. But again, for those listening, if you've signed up, registered, it is tomorrow. And it's going to be a great day at St. Paul's, the Apostle Church. Um, certainly, if you haven't, walk-ins are very welcome tomorrow. If you still want to go on and register, you can to welcomeisheart.com. Wait, Chuck, what is this? The Sacred Heart Congress. <laughs> and when is it? Yeah, good. Oh, no, I like that. November 4th, <laughs> tomorrow. And where tomorrow. is it? St. Paul's. We Father, love you tomorrow. This was perfect. Lead it. Now, and Father is going to be one of our guest speakers, so I'm glad that he is now. I'll be emptying the recycling Yeah, bit. he will not forget. This was a good reminder. But anyway, the purpose of the Congress, and we've always said there's no, many purposes. The Lord, just get there, and he will show you why you're there. But it, it ends up for a lot of spiritual renewal through prayer, catechesis, and we have Monsignor Lane, the bishop at Mass, we're going to have Emily talk on one of her books. We have Father Stotch Daly doing the adoration um, and benediction at the end. With this year, we're introducing a children's program uh, that will be run by the Daughters of the Holy Mary of the Heart of Jesus from K and up. And it's a great opportunity for them to be able to experience Jesus while their parents are listening to talks and so it's a great day. Uh, register. We just charge $15 or $25, and or scholarships are available. But stop in. You don't have to register today. But Did it you is, say what time, Chuck? Uh, I would start. The rosary starts with the sisters at 8, and the mass starts at 8.30. Mm-hmm. So I would plan on being there for the rosary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's powerful. And there'll be confessions. And it and, ends before 12. And it's so easy to get in and get out. But nevertheless, you do want to make sure that you allow yourself time to get yeah, there yeah. well before the Mass. And that's a good point. It ends at 12. Mm. So we're not in conflict with ah. the big game, Father. <laughs> but okay. you know, it's time. It's time to choose faith over really anything. And when there's, when there's conflict, and there's usually conflict, when it's something powerful. So make this a priority. No matter, you know, what else comes your way. No, I am going tomorrow. This is going to be a day of refreshment, a day of renewal, and a day for just, um, for Jesus. Yeah. Now, wait, hope. what are we talking about? We're talking about the Sacred Heart Congress. And when is that? At St. Paul, the Apostle Church. <laughs> Tomorrow. 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 Thank you, Father. You're very welcome. So anyway, and our theme this year, Father, is reviving the family, certainly individual, through the Sacred Heart and the Eucharist. And I know as we dwell on that theme and contemplate that theme, 
You know, Father, the big question today, and I think we know, families are hurting. A lot of families are hurting today. A lot of individuals. A lot of crisis going on. And maybe comment a little bit with that theme, how the family can gain faith, hope, and love, and have that revived by exposing and honoring his sacred heart. <laughs> so, and you have, away, and you have, and you have 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, okay, so we're, we're now in the month of November, month of the Holy Souls. You know, and um, we began, of course, with the great solemnity of all saints. So, you know, if we could just you know, think of it in this context, we're now in the month where um, we as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, we kind of make use of that very human tendency to remember, you know. And um, I, I was preaching yesterday on All Souls Day at one of the masses I offered. Um, you know, wherever people are gathered, there's just something very beautifully planted within us to do uh, three things. One is to remember, another is to love, and then still the third is to pray. You know, every human community will do those three things. They will pray, they will love, and they will remember. Of course, that doesn't always, rem- that doesn't always mean that they're praying in the right way or to the one true God, but they will pray. They'll move out of themselves. Um, you know, and then to remember and to love. Those, are, those things are just so powerfully, deeply planted within our our human family within our own humanity but when it comes to the household you know a mother a father the children um, grandparents you know whatever the case may be in that household um, how do we kind of actualize that capacity to remember to pray and to love if not but through the virtues of faith hope and charity so every family is going to, by the nature of its constitutive people, it's going to remember in some way, shape, or form. It's going to love in some way, shape, or form, and it's going to pray. But notice how oftentimes in families today we pray to one another, not uniting ourselves to one another. We pray to the Lord, but we actually end up worship. What, what we worshiping mean, one what another. What do you mean by pray? You know, it's like when you start expecting things of people that you know darn well deep down inside they can't deliver. Huh. You know, and that usually leads to a breakdown in communication. And we can see that in marriages, you know, when communication starts to suffer between a married couple, um, it's ultimately because they weren't praying with one another. They started praying to one another, expecting things of one another that only the Lord can give, you know. And when we start to open ourselves up to the virtues of faith, hope, and charity, like you asked about, that's what kind of moves us from getting stuck on ourselves uh, getting stuck in like the quicksand within our own souls, those virtues of faith, hope, and charity, which really pour forth upon us from the heart of Jesus, that's what allows us to actualize and make real and make fruitful those tendencies of praying, remembering, and loving. And you think of it this way, that's you know, how often, how often do we pray for the loved ones today? Well, that's deeply planted within our holy mm-hmm. Catholic faith, to pray for the dead. And yet, oftentimes, people forget. They will pray at the funeral. They'll pray the day after, but a month later, a or year later, they or they put them in heaven automatically it's without like, even thinking of the need to pray yeah, right. for that purification, right? And so it's, it's just kind of a misguided inclination within our humanity. Well, what puts that inclination back on track? The virtues, faith, hope, and charity. You know, and I was I was sharing with the seminarians yesterday. It's like, you know, we we all know what faith is and charity is. But that virtue of hope, that the virtue of hope is what's most under attack right now. 
um, the hope for that which is to come, the hope for the glory of the Lord, the hope for heaven. And, you know, when in the family there's certain, there's like a misery that sets in, a darkness, a kind of malaise, Mm. or just kind of like, okay, we're just going to settle for the bare minimum. Let's just try not to hurt one another. Now, how (laughs) can this sacred heart enthronement break through that, Father? Well, acknowledging the Lord as king, brother, and friend is what opens up the door, even if it's just a centimeter. It opens up the door to one's heart. And, you know, while we might do it for the benefit of another, ultimately we're doing it because it's opening our own door, the door of our soul. And if we can even just open up the door to our soul a centimeter to the heart of Jesus, the most sacred heart of Jesus. Remember, these are the words of God, the God-man, Jesus the Christ. He said, I will bless those homes, those households where my heart is exposed and honored. Those are his words, not ours. So if we can bring his heart into our home, if we can acknowledge that he is the king, the brother, and the friend of all who dwell there, you know, the first heart that opens is our own, the one who yeah. works towards making that happen. And it's a process, of course. We might mm-hmm. want that the Lord to be declared king, brother, and friend tomorrow. Yeah. And yet then all of a sudden we realize, oh, wait, um, it takes time. I introduce the heart of Jesus to the household. There's candles and a cake. What? <laughs> Is that for the show? Oh my! It's the vigil. We're, we're gonna have a pause. Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, dear father! Happy birthday to you! Thank you. <laughs> so this is definitely the vigil of the birthday. Yes. Am I supposed to blow those? Yeah, blow them. Oh, Oh, I don't want to blow all over the cake. It's post-COVID, you know. So, (laughs) Father is picking up the candle (laughs) one one by one one and blowing them out. Well, virtue tells me I can't eat this whole thing myself. For each one, a little prayer. For all of you, thank you. Our friend Ginger West dropped it off yesterday afternoon. Spoke to your mom and and Uh, found out that white cake. White frosting is is your favorite. What's that? White cake with white frosting is is. is your favorite. Father, that's my favorite, too. Oh, then you can get half of it. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I was very privileged to be born on the Feast of St. Charles Borromeo, who, I might add, as a reformer, was a great preacher and teacher about the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Oh, that was providential, Father. It really was. And there's something about the name Charles. It's true. Yeah. They're always very strong, yeah, strong but loving personality. Yeah, loving. Yeah, I, and they love the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Not to interrupt your birthday celebration. Was that last question a distraction from the birthday cake? Yeah, that we yeah. <laughs> but you know, I was thinking, 350 years ago, mm. he said he wanted his image to be exposed and honored. It's true. There weren't printing machines. No. There weren't all you know, these pictures all over. A lot of them were mosaics. Right, right, yeah. And I really believe that that was helping us in this generation. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because today, every household, and you mentioned it, struggles, I issues, know. Yeah. really able to, is there faith left in that house? Yeah. Is there hope left in that house? I know. And is there love being shared within that house? Yep. And our Lord knew that he needed his image, mm-hmm. which allows the sacred heart 
to come in and help revive that family. And it doesn't happen. And that's why I love the word he said, Father, maybe comment, honor. How do we honor our Lord every day? Well, I, that's a very good insight, and it's it also, also really very, is. A very, it's a very, good, good insight, job, invitation, Thank segue. You. My name <laughs> yeah. is Charles. You know, with a name like Charles, you just can't go wrong. <laughs> so, no, I boast in the Lord, not me. <laughs> no, but I, you know, you're right, and um, that the the reality of the heart of Jesus, actually, you know, bringing about constant renewal within us, is us first making a constant effort to honor Him, and. You know, I know this is going to hit a chord, but we really have to reclaim um, the authority over our speech and stop taking the Lord's name in vain. We hear the most holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ taken in vain probably a billion times. TV, even, you know, in just common parlance, in the coming and going here, there, everywhere. But if we just could cultivate that sense of respect and honor and love for the holy name, that's a powerful way of honoring the heart of the Lord. You know, then we have little things, you know, on the first Friday, when we head into the first Friday, that night before, that Thursday night, cultivating a sense of awareness to the fact the Lord is dwelling here. You know, and I'm reminded, you know, I'm in seminary work, seminary formation, and I got a a late night text from a a very dear friend of mine, and they were sending a message to me desperate for a priest because a friend of theirs, his mother was in her final hours, and they had called the parish— no answer, called another parish, no answer. It was just one of the situations. So I said, we don't have time to find a priest. I am a priest. I'll just go. And they just happened to be about 10 minutes away from the seminary, just up the road. So, you know, I went, um, and I went there, and there was the brokenness that was in the room, you know, the sorrow, all of the natural emotions that come out at a deathbed. And yet at the same time, how, how powerful and how beautiful, after I finished all of the sacred rites of our holy faith, you know, I asked, I said, you know, do you have a brown scapular for your mother? No. So I made sure they had a brown scapular. But then I left with the probably what could be the most powerful words ever. I looked at her sons and daughter-in-law who were there, and I said, just remember that the Lord is here right now. Like, he's in the room. You know, he's not coming. He's here now. And we could tell that, you know, their mother it was changed. in the final moments, yeah. you know. It wasn't days, and it wasn't even really going to be many hours. And I said, it's not that he's coming. It's that he's here now. Mm. And I think, you know, if you and me and all of us could just remember, it's not that he's coming. It's that he's here now. We relate to him in a very different way. You relate to someone if you know they're far away and we hope he'll come. But when you know he's already here, you know, you cultivate a relationship. And I, and I think, you know, every single person, me included, you know, when you do the Sacred Heart uh, enthronement, when you live the Sacred Heart devotion, when you honor him, what you're doing is you're, you're kind of making a little mental check. You're like, he's not coming. He's already here. You know, he's in the car with me. He, he knows me more than I know myself. You know, he's already within the heart. We have received him in Holy Communion. We're in a state of grace. We're in union with him. He is here now. And I think those words are incredibly powerful, and I think that message sets us free. But once again, it's part of honoring the heart of Jesus. And you know, in the devotion of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, it's an all-encompassing effort to rekindle and rejuvenate and then also keep alive our faith. You know, So I, you know, it's always like Sacred Heart That's devotion isn't optional. Father. It's a reality. You know, live Father, it. Father, I read this quote, and this ties into exactly what you said. Christ loves each of us 
as if we were the only soul he ever created. He would have carried out the entire drama of redemption for mm-hmm. you alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a hard time understanding that. Yeah. And I also like him when Monsignor Lane talked, and he'll be at the Congress talking, when he said the Sacred Heart is the person. It is the encounter with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Divine mercy is the action. Right. And I think of that now totally because it's one heart. But I think of we know we have to, it's not in conflict, it's not one or the other, but it's number one, getting our Lord into your house. And I also believe he saw coming up that we would be building homes without one image in them. And he said, no. That's not going to be acceptable. You need to enthrone my heart. You need to enthrone it so then you can receive the promises and the graces that I want to give you. But it's like putting that blood over the lintel. It's true. You know, how many of us would have said, well, I'm not going to put that blood over the lintel back then on the Passover. It's the same thing. This is from Jesus. Yeah. Now, have you ever seen those little clips uh, like, on you know, online or maybe a commercial, and it shows a baby um, who might not have the ability to hear, and they'll do like an implant. And the very first time that little baby, as a child, as a toddler, hears the mother's voice or the father's voice, you know, it startles the child, but then there's joy. You know, they know the voice that they see the mouth moving, but they yeah. finally hear the voice of mom or dad. It, they're always very moving, they're always very precious. You know, but it does that. Those little clips go to show us that as people, we need a voice. As people, we mm-hmm. need a face. As people, we need an embrace. As people, we need to have communication with someone who has what a heart. The Lord is not um, ignorant of that. The Lord is not deaf, blind, or mute to that. That's why he he's continually down throughout the ages. He does what he speaks to his people. He loves his people. He gives his people his heart. And he does so even in a very basic way. You know, he tells us, this is what I want my heart to look like when you gaze upon it. No image is ever going to be totally adequate because it's always going to be a rendering of the reality. Yet nevertheless, he knows the power. He knows the effect. It makes a when difference. When we see with our eyes. It makes you know? a difference when I, you have that in your home. And, and that's what allows for a relationship, right? Yeah. And of course, that was one of the things Monsignor highlighted. You can't have a relationship with a, a concept. You can only have a relationship with a person. Yeah. And that person has to have a face, has to have a name, has to have a heart. And then with the person who has the heart, you can have a relationship. And in that relationship, you can then be forgiven. In that relationship, you can hear his voice, his word, and be changed. But there has to be a person there. You can't have a relationship with a concept. And I think that's one of the most powerful messages that perhaps the church can make ever more clear in the present age, our own time is reminding people you weren't made for a concept. You weren't made for a book. You were made for a per- you were made by a person for a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we have confidence and we're able to weather the storms of reality as Christians, and people ask us how, why, from where, we just point to the heart of Jesus. It's like he is among us. He's with us. And what seems like mind-boggling to those who might not get it at first by our perseverance, by our joy, by the reality of you know our confidence, our hope, you know they they will ultimately want what we have. They will want the one we know. 
And when all we have to do is direct them to the person who has given us his heart, and when they hear those words, expose and honor, and they say, like, you asked Chuck, well, what does that mean? It's like, we live in his love. We yeah, honor him by living father, in his love. I, I was thinking for all those that are coming to the Congress or haven't signed up tomorrow, it's going to be at St. Paul's. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Starting at 8 o'clock. <laughs> I, I was thinking a lot of times, okay, I've done the enthronement. This is like my, my action list. I checked it. It's like I've checked the box. No, our Lord wants you to not just enthrone him. He wants you to continue to grow deeper in love with him. It's true. And isn't it, we're going to talk about it to Congress. It's going to be revival through the sacred heart. And then you've got to get fed. You've got to get the mass. You've got to receive the Eucharist. Yep. Because his heart is the Eucharist. Yeah. And so the Eucharist is not going to be, because you enthrone, Oh, no, you don't have to go to Mass. No, no, no. no. You need the to opposite. receive. Yeah. It's the opposite. And notice, like, and, and if there's a cultivation within your heart that you maintain of going to Mass regularly, uh, even on you know on daily Mass, and loving the Lord, serving the Lord, there's a natural cultivation within you already to have mm-hmm. that deep you know, love affair with the heart of Jesus in your home mm-hmm. or in your workplace. Or, you know, for all of those, you, you, work, you work basically out of your car. You know, right then and there to know that consolation of realizing the Lord is with you in that car, with you. When you're going from work call to work call, I mean, that's a very chaotic way to live. And there's a stress there. You know, you live it. You know it. We know it as well. But to realize he's with you in that, what a blessing, you know? What a blessing. Praise the Lord. Well, Father, I know we are coming to an end. On what? session one. Session one. But session two, session watch one. out. It's going to be unbelievable. I was like, I need that second half of pay. Yeah. <laughs> out of this world, Father. <laughs> it's true. Well, as we bring to a close this segment, we invite you to actually join with us, um, make a spiritual unity with us as we pray the uh, daily covenant renewal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you and the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. We thank you, dear Lord, for all the blessings of this day, and we ask you to protect us and all throughout the rest of this day and the month. Help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. Amen. Friends, the reality is we are in a spiritual battle, and prayer is our strongest weapon. With rent hearts, we pray for the defeat of issue one. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. There is strength in number and power in prayer. Let us rally together. Join St. Gabriel Radio on November 7th in covering Election Day in prayer by praying the rosary live together at 8 a.m., 
12.30 p.m. and 3.10 p.m. Mary, Mother of Perpetual Help, pray for us. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith. Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, you are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly joining you live from the studios with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. And as we enter into segment two, we invite you to join us as we make our prayer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Okay. Look at well, this. Hello. Look at this. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Chuck and Joanne, it's great to see you. Father Stosh, Hello. this morning, we're oh going to mess with your schedule a little bit. We're sorry about this, that. This, this we apologize difficult. in advance. I'm a type A person. Yeah, I we're know. We're going to stay on schedule. I get that. Well, listen, my name is Kevin Lowry. I'm the president of the board of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm joined in the studio by Emily Jaminette and Matt Palmer. And we are going to present you today with a lifetime evangelization award because we are so grateful to both of you for the influence that you've had on our diocese and so many hearts certainly including mine over the course of time and you know as i was thinking about this we've got a long list chuck of all the different things that, that you guys have been involved in and at the same time, when I was thinking about this and praying about this, this whole thing came together, Joanne, in less than 24 hours. I mean, can you imagine? You guys I can't have... believe it's come together at all. <laughs> you guys have exemplified the apostolate of friendship in our diocese. I just don't know that anyone outside of God knows how many hearts that you have touched and the ripple effect that will be a result of that in the coming days. So uh, we've got a couple more comments that we want to make. Matt, would you like to say something? Chuck and Joanne, the, the love that is in this room, the love of the Sacred Heart, the love that you have shared with our listeners and so many throughout the state, really throughout the country, it just overflows. And the Sacred Heart of Jesus 
is so imprinted on your hearts. Um, and Kevin's right. There's just so many ways that you have loved and served and shared his heart. And this award is just an expression of how you've said yes, like Our Lady, how you've just said yes to his call to bring Jesus into the world. I just want to share a few of the ministries listeners that Chuck and Joanne have touched. Um, and then I want to talk uh, especially about a ministry that I've been involved with. But let me start with some others. Um, Legatus, and obviously Kevin just mentioned St. Gabriel Radio, Marriage Encounter, Catholic Social Services, the Catholic Foundation, the Sarah Club, um, St. Agatha, St. Paul's uh, Parishes, the Knights of Columbus, Friends of the Josephinum, Equestrian Order of the Holy Sepulchre of Jerusalem, Pregnancy Decision Health Center. Chuck, I know that in a more secular way, you've brought Christ into Rotary, um, the Upper Arlington Civic Association. These are just listeners. Um, these are names of organizations, but really they're people, lives, that Chuck and Joanne have brought Jesus. They've seen in Chuck and Joanne the face of our Lord. And Chuck and Joanne have seen the face of Christ on all the people that they've touched. I want to talk for just a minute um, before I um, hand the mic over to Emily. I want to talk about the Catholic Men's Conference. That's an organization, a ministry that I've been privileged to be a part of, listeners. And it's a ministry that Chuck, from early years, was a part of and has helped to build and grow this organization. We will have our 27th annual Men's Conference in February. And through that ministry, we have been blessed to raise up men and to help men understand their role, their vocation, to lay down their lives for their wives, for their children, to bring Christ into their homes, to enthrone their homes to the heart, sacred heart of Jesus. This ministry has touched thousands of men. And we are so blessed, um, Chuck and Joanne, especially Chuck, this has just been a ministry near and dear to your heart, to help men, the ordinary men in the pews, as you often say, to, to understand their destiny, their dignity, and their greatness, and the call that God has in their lives to lead their families to heaven. I love you, Chuck and Joanne. I'm so excited that we have this chance to give you this award, and I'm going to um, send the mic over to one of your beautiful daughters. Good morning. It was fun to surprise you this morning. Um, one of the things that make this award extra special is that you have lived out your faith in the home. You have shared your witness with us, your children, with your 20 grandchildren. I was thinking as we were preparing, you had Holy Spirit potlucks where I witnessed um, 50, 80 people I didn't even know coming to our house and bringing dishes. I thought every parent had Holy Spirit potlucks like that. I recall, you know, the rosaries, the Sunday night rosaries, going to mass every Sunday, the the desire taking us on pilgrimage as children and wanting to always help us. And you've opened your personal life, your ministry life, your careers. And, um, you know, as Matt Palmer represents Catholic Men's Ministry, it's a gift to, to know all the influence you've had here at St. Gabriel. We're honoring seven years of your radio program, 12 years of the Sacred Heart Congress, what a gift with Father Sash Daly. And then also um, 12 years of a ministry that came out of a conversation. And the conversation was, we need to put Christ back in homes. And the three of you, Father Stash Daly, my parents, both 
said yes to this very difficult mission, I think it would have been easier for you to build a physical building than to try to renew homes, right? If we were talking about just architecture, that that's a doable thing. But the messiness of life and to see the fruit of that locally, to to see the impact it's had on homes, and then casting this vision of Sacred Heart Enthronement Network that says, let's be the premier network that says, let's get this in every single Catholic home so that the graces can be accessed is um, is really just phenomenal. And what makes you unique is that you you don't only think it, but you believe it, you you long for it, you do everything you can for it. And so I get to represent not only a ministry, but my beautiful family, my siblings, and um, it's a joy to have my sister here today and uh, the youngest grandchild as well. And we just want to say thank you as um, I'll let Kevin share a few words of why we called it Lifetime. Well, the, the I think the lifetime element is because, you know, really this has taken place over the course of so many years and you guys keep going. And you've, again, you've touched so many lives. We're so grateful to you. Lifetime, I think, is exactly the right description of this. When I was talking to Emily and Jenny earlier, I, I told them that they did a great job picking their parents. <laughs> so I just, and I know that you've influenced me so much over the course of time, both uh, myself and my wife, Kathy. And it's, it's just a beautiful thing to see lives so well lived in ways that have impacted so many hearts. So thank you to both of you. And Emily, why don't you give them this, uh, this award? Yes, it, it, this is the Lifetime Evangelization Award being presented to Chuck and Joanne Wilson, and it's El Divino Nino. It's a little statue. Yeah. Holding wow. The wow. Well, we praise the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think the, the beauty of today is also honoring priests because without marriage encounter 40 years ago with yeah. Father Pete Gideon, Father Pete, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, and then Father Joe Lodge, and now Father Stosh Daly, and our son, Father Wilson, and so many more priests, we would not have done this because it's all through grace, and it comes through the Eucharist. And these different chapters, Joanne uh, mentioned to me, why didn't we just stay with one apostolate? <laughs> it would have been a lot easier. <laughs> I think we were like ADD Catholic. <laughs> uh, but the Lord kept opening doors. And I think for our listeners, these doors were open with not big yeses. They were like, okay, yes. But it was never to be a yes for anything but to share Jesus Christ and the, the faith and giving people hope and bringing love back into people's homes again. And there, and that, and I think Father mentioned it earlier, people are lonely today. So we're just thankful for what you're doing here at St. Gabriel, for what Matt's doing with men's ministry, and we got women's ministry with Michelle and all the people. I mean, it's just a little spark. Everybody's available to do that. Just say a little yes. And the Lord will take it from there. That's exactly what Chuck and I have talked about so many times. And I just want to say to everyone out there, we're really not special. 
were really just uh, struggling sinners along the way. But we have given a little yes. Sometimes if you knew what was behind that yes, why well, no, we'd be very scared. <laughs> and, but give your little yes. And, and just let the Lord, if it's meant to be, let him grow it. But it's really about each of you. It's really about then all of us together. And when we all come together giving our yes, as Columbus is doing and has done and continues to do, we are a flame. We are a bonfire. And it is growing and spreading. And we hear it. We hear it from people from other places who've moved here. What's happening here? What's happening here is little yeses. And God is growing them. And we are all so thankful. But don't think that we're special because we're not. We're just we're just Catholic. We're Catholic who have the tremendous benefit of all the graces that the Sacred Heart wants to pour out and our church wants to pour out through the sacraments and through our holy priests. So pray for pray for all of it. Pray for yourselves, but mostly open your heart. Welcome your heart into your home. Welcome your heart into your family. Make it a priority above sports, above social, above anything. Because we promise you that Jesus delivers on his promises. We did the enthronement back in the 90s. We just said a little, yes, sure, Father, come in. Yeah, we'll have dinner. It'll be a great time. We had no clue as to the avalanche of grace that our Lord had in store. But he has it in store for all of you. And so that's um, that's my message. <laughs> Just now say back yes. to Father Stock yes, Bailey. Yes, our we'll, hero, we'll clear out our here. But we are touched. Thank you, you very much. You guys have so to hold touched. it together yeah, now. Thanks for all we're coming so and finish the program. It's a good thing this is a radio show, not TV show. There's wet eyes, wet faces, runny noses everywhere. <laughs> well, what a beautiful way that they honored Tuck and Joanne. Um, Father, they're honoring you. <laughs> not you, we're not here. <laughs> well, not you. Well, we, we come back and talk about honoring Father. I think we'll probably in the next 10 minutes. You mean minutes after talk that, you're even going to put us back on track again? <laughs> you know? What? <laughs> honor, honor those that have come before us, Father. Amen. What a beautiful way. Yes. And, it, you know, um, what you just heard uh, on Sacred Heart Hour was, you know, a big, beautiful surprise to Chuck and Joanne. Uh, and at the same time, I think, you know, it's um, a beautiful example of how many different individuals came together to honor you, Chuck and Joanne, uh, because of what you did, which has allowed them to be where they are in their faith. And I know that can be difficult or challenging, humbling to hear people, you know, kind of give that kind of witness and testimony. But it is, it's a part of being Catholic. We honor those 
who have worked and prayed and sacrificed very hard and very well um, so that we can be where we are. And, uh, you know, as we said earlier in the program, it's a part of our humanity to remember, um, to love and to pray and to remember. And uh, lest I get chastised by Chuck again for going too far <laughs> off the path. No. <laughs> This is free speech, Father. <laughs> oh, yeah. Until free. I really start free speech, yeah. and it's like, okay, Father, back to the heart of Jesus. Back to the enthronement. No, no. <laughs> no. But, I mean, it's the perfect month. It's the month where we remember. It's the month where we pray. It's the month where we love. But we have that. Um, and, I, and I think it's a beautiful combination, right? It's not just remembering those who have gone forth before our side, although we do do that, and we do that very well as Catholics. We pray for the dead. We know that they are, in a certain sense, very holy um, because they you know, have the light of Christ upon them, but they're also very poor. They're in need of our prayers, so they may be detached from whatever in this life they're just holding on to, right? You know, they, they died in a state of grace, but there is an imperfection there, a, an attachment, we might say. Um, and in that state of purification, or what we call purgatory, they are needing prayers. They need love, you know? They need love so as to be detached and kind of using the analogy so that their arms and hands may be set free so they may embrace the Lord one-on-one, -on -one, wholeheartedly, with no reserve, no reservation. And um, and how beautiful that here today we have a, such a powerful example of that, people honoring you. Um, and then, of course, Chuck deflects. Now, how do we honor the dead? <laughs> well, you, know, you guys are still very much full of life. So. Well, but it, it is a part of our you, faith. You know, I, I was thinking, Father, we, and, and we mentioned this, and I'll play the convert card again. <laughs> yeah, he when, plays when that card. Up, when I grew up, Father, yeah. you're going to heaven. Right. I right. mean, they don't even know the word purgatory. Yeah. Or whatever. And then I... You go deeper into the fathers of the church. It makes and, so much sense. And the whole thing, and you make, and it makes so much sense. So sometimes we hear, and I'm not labeling. Sometimes we hear that this person has passed, but we know he's gone right to heaven. Yeah, that it, we can't really say that, right? No. no. What we no. can say is we are now Except to for pray this for canonized him. Canonized saints. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to pray for them. Yeah. We're going to have masses for them. Yep. We're going to do what we can do. But now it's up to the purification phase. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, it's um, it's laudable. It's praiseworthy. We want the people we know and love and treasure to be with the Lord. And yet at the same time, we know very well, deep down inside, that every moment it's a wrestling match. And sometimes there are wrestling matches we lose. You know, we, we're not able to run the race and win and remain in a state of grace. Sometimes there are imperfections. Sometimes there are sins we commit. And there are some lasting effects of those, attachments, we might call them, to things in this world. So the reality of that experience of being purified, of being fortified in God's grace, so as to then be fully sanctified, that's deeply planted, not just within our faith, but our Jewish roots. Well, you know what I think is another real gift that we have today is when I was young, we learned about the saints, but it was very, I would say, um, you didn't really know the person. You yeah. didn't really know the struggle. It was a bit impersonal. It was more like a holy car. Right. Absolutely. Where it was yep. just the, all the heroic virtues. Yep. Yep. But now I think 
with the books being written, yeah. it doesn't take away. Right. It actually adds to, because when you really understand the personality, for example, St. Mother Teresa, her yeah. dark night, yep. in her time of not feeling yeah. close to God, but forging ahead and trusting in him, and really the cross that she yeah. you know, buried, uh, bore for many years, I think it's so much more hopeful. And that what they overcame, that, you know, okay, keep running that race, <laughs> even if you're walking yeah. that day. Yeah, no, it's so <laughs> true. Know? Yeah. Even if you're crawling, crawling. <laughs> yeah. move forward. Yeah, that's and true. when you fall, get up. Yeah. Start again. Yeah. But when you see the saints, when you read, and there's so many, they're, they're all there. They're there on a middle school level, on mm -hmm. a you know, young child, yeah. an adult, but take advantage of that. Get to know the saints as your friend and as people. Yeah, no, it's so true. I mean, last last week, was it last week or the week before, you know, I was invited to come and speak to all of the freshmen at Bishop Waterson High School oh, about Blessed Carlo Acutis. Oh, and so yeah. being you know, a custodian for one of the, his relics, you know, yeah. I was able to bless them with it. But it, of course, you just have a few moments, you know, the uh, high school retreat, you know, they keep him moving, keep him focused on different things. And, uh, you know, the me I just kind of boiled down the message of a young man who was 15 years old when he died mm. from leukemia. But he was already at such a young age, incredibly and passionately in love with the Holy Eucharist and the Blessed Virgin Mary. He used his interest in computer programming, video games, all that stuff, you know. But it's just like, you know, to the freshmen in high school, it's like, if you could learn one thing from Blessed Carlo, it is this. He knew what it was like to think I am alone am I, and I am unknown. He knew what that was like. That thought that the world puts upon us, that everything around us, the stress of life puts upon us. I am alone and I am unknown. I don't think his family was even all that devout. No. And yet he was taught the basic prayers by his nanny, his babysitter. Mm -hmm. And within like a little boy, like a toddler, this amazing faith just grew. So much so that by the time he was in high school, he was already a light shining in the darkness, you know? And to help those freshmen realize through a holy card, through an image of him, that experience of his humanity and that transformation that took place because of his love for the heart of Jesus and the Holy Eucharist, his fierce devotion to Our Lady, especially the Rosary, to help those freshmen hear those words. You are not alone and you are never unknown, you know? So make use of your freshman retreat to get to know those around you. And if your family is not all that devout at this moment, mm -hmm. you can be the instrument right. to help Absolutely. your family come closer yeah. to the Lord. But like you said, you know, and I shared with them, because I, I was standing in the chapel and I had the relic and I was in my, my priestly attire, my cassock and whatnot. And I told him, I said, he looked, he looked and he looks right now more like you than he does me. You know, I was just yeah. with him a few days earlier in Assisi, and he's in his jeans, his hoodie, and his, you know, is Nike. Is he in corrupt, Father? Yeah, he's, he's intact, yeah, and most wow. of him is corrupt, yeah. And so he's there, and he's visible. He just looks like he's sleeping. This is to help them realize he looks more like them than he does like me. To Sanctity is not stale, and sanctity is not one-dimensional. It's very much alive. It's very much real. And um, to help that that solidarity of companionship, you know, and so I think it's a it's a very beautiful thing for us to remember in the month of the holy souls, the month of the saints, you know. Well, we also have one more in closing with two minutes. 
we got November 26th, uh, Christ the King. Our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, we celebrate that on the Sunday, November 26th. And this comes to the close of a year, Father. Mm. It's true. The um... Isn't it? I mean, for me, that's the beautiful way to end a year to start a new Advent. Well, yeah, because we're going, we're kind of, you know, He's not exactly a lot of people, right. Well, Father's a lot of people. No, no, no. no. I, it's just kind of funny how the hesitation it's, of time. It's a convert theology. We really wanted this earlier, you know, but it is the perfect time because we're in the month of the Holy Souls and it's the end of the liturgical year, just around the corner, beginning of a new year. And yet, in order for us to take a step forward, we have to know where that step was we were before. So, yeah, you're right. And. The Chuck way. Ish. <laughs> the Chuck right, way. Ish. I like that. Ish. But anyway, that does that begin Advent or does Advent bring, begin the next? Uh, uh, the, that first Sunday of Advent is the new liturgical year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the celebration of the kingship of Christ, of course, is the last, the Sunday before that. So we kind of hit on one climax and then go right into the next. But you know, the, these are the these are the good days for us to ask for that grace from the Father in heaven to enter into a relationship with His so Son. So when we say we're going to welcome uh, the King, brother, and friend this into is, our home, this is the time. This is the time. This is the time. <laughs> yeah, like now. Don't wait. As in now, <laughs> you know, this first Friday, tomorrow the Congress. You know, this is the time to do that. Um, well, I, instead of you know ending with our traditional prayer, I'm going to end with a blessing for the two of you. Oh, I love that. So, <laughs> We need that. We do. <laughs> so let's begin. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give thee thanks and praise for the gift of life and for the gift of our holy faith, which allows us to draw close to you through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us his own heart. We humbly beseech the outpouring of your graces and blessings upon these your servants, Chuck and Joanne, who, accepting your grace, espouse themselves to one another so that hand in hand, heart in heart, they may journey through life together towards you. They have responded to your grace as best they could, and we praise them for that, and we ask you to bless them for that. Give them the consolation of knowing how much they are loved. Give them the consolation of knowing how many people desire to accompany them and support them and build them up and protect them. For all of the graces you have poured forth upon them and upon all of us, we sing your praises now and forever. And through the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and in his most sacred heart, we humbly beseech you to bless them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.